hello and welcome to Beyond the Multiverse, our deep dive into all aspects of lore of other games, not including Magic the Gathering. I'm Brian Doss. I'm Chris Delano. And this week we have with us a very special guest. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. I'm uh, Noble. I'm the guy that really likes telling the story behind uh, the Warcraft universe, and I was lucky enough to be invited here. Yeah, Noble, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know that I'm a really big fan of your YouTube uh, content that you create around the lore of Warcraft. So that is what we're going to be discussing today, uh, listeners. Um, this episode of Beyond the Multiverse, we're going to travel out of the multiverse of magic and into the world of Azeroth and Draenor and uh, Argus and Shadowland. There's a lot of them now, actually. <laughs> Great it's not just yeah. Azeroth anymore. <laughs> um, but it's a little different than a multiverse. Uh, so Noble... Um, you create a lot of YouTube content around Warcraft. I'm just wondering, have you heard much about Magic the Gathering before? Not a whole lot. No, I've, I've seen some friends play it. Uh, I kind of got an idea about it, but I've never really been into the Gathering. Now, my card game is more uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! or like Hearthstone. For example, Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft. Magic the Gathering, not so much, no. Yeah, um, well, Magic the Gathering is sort of a... Uh, the lore world around that revolves around a multiverse of different planes that mm. can only be traveled to by planeswalkers. Um, so every world is very unique and very distinct and you get all sorts of interesting characters. And so um, it's a little different than the lore of Warcraft where it's actually got a cosmology to it. Um, but going back to, to Warcraft a little bit, how did you get started with Warcraft? Um, my introduction to Warcraft, uh, unlike others who played like the RPGs or Warcraft 1, 2 and 3, uh, mine just purely came around the classic time periods where a buddy of mine, he showed me the trailer of World of Warcraft Classic and I was doubting at first, like, do I really want to dive into another MMORPG as we had just spent the <laughs> summer playing Star Wars Galaxies, you know, I already spent a summer on a game, do I really want to try another one? And now, uh, 15 years later, <laughs> we're playing World of Warcraft. That that sounds really like how I got into it. I was a, a RuneScape player up until World of Warcraft uh, came out. And uh, one of my high school teachers was talking about it in class. I was like, you know what? Let's uh, I'll give this a shot. So ended up playing World of Warcraft for, I want to say... Uh, Six years uninterrupted, then a little bit of a break after that, and then came back for a little bit and then left again. But yeah, the World of Warcraft Classic is where I got my start with World of Warcraft, and I haven't really paid attention to it a ton since, uh, I want to say, was it 2015 or 16, somewhere around there? Um, but yeah, it's... World of Warcraft is really interesting. The, the lore is amazing. So you got me at the start there. Did I hear you right? You were educated on the World of Warcraft by your teacher, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, was in, I was in AP Lit um, my senior year of high school, and my teacher was a, a big nerd. And it was hilarious because, like, uh, I got into playing the game, and we would talk like he started talking about uh random leveling up and whatnot right. and like i had played warcraft 3 on computer like not even paying attention like i was but i wasn't super invested into the blizzard um ip i was just playing because it was fun at the time and that that was way before i got into mmorpgs 
in general. So like when I was playing RuneScape, when um, World of Warcraft came out, it, it was uh, completely like random that I heard about World of Warcraft because I was not paying attention to Blizzard at all. I wasn't really a huge video gamer. Like outside of RuneScape, I was kind of tunnel vision on RuneScape, but that was about it. So, so all these games are just <laughs> gateway drugs into it, ain't it? Yeah, for me, uh, with like the classic starts uh, and and especially going into lore onwards, I I didn't really pay attention to it. Like my first year in classic was just twenty four seven playing, uh, and like you, I also took breaks in between. Right, a break between the Burning Crusade, a, be- a break when Wrath the Lich King came out, but then with Wrath the Lich King, I I saw another content creator. They were doing like uh, big pools and dungeons with their paladins, and I was like, that's cool. You know, if I ever get bored again, I'll just make massive pools like that and I'll get some gold and I'll solo some stuff. So that's kind of how I got back into the game. Rolling a paladin in Wrath of the Lich King, best times to play the game. And then there was the Wrath Gate cinematic. And that is the moment that really, <sighs> it sparked it, right? I was like, this is yeah. so cool. What is happening here? I need to know. So I started doing research and I was like, oh, Cool. There is a uh, Bolvar. There is a Sourfang. Before I knew it, I had like 50 tabs open, researching like, who is the Lich King? What is happening here? I <laughs> started playing Warcraft 3, which of course was mind-blowing. Like, imagine playing WoW and not knowing where it all came from, right? But uh, Yeah, that... Mm-hmm. I, I can't even think... Like, I, um, I started with Warcraft 3, and then I would sit there and uh, go on Battle.net and play those custom maps that they would make, where you would like get a champion a hero character right and you'd like it was essentially like playing wow but on a custom map on warcraft 3 technology (laughs) where you'd go and like kill mobs in the jungle and do little quests and you'd fight each other there'd be pvp and stuff um and so when wow came out i was like oh you mean i can just play those warcraft 3 maps but like bigger right um and so i i had the displeasure in a way of i played through vanilla and then into burning crusade and we were i was part of a raiding guild and we were preparing to take on kill jaden in uh the uh, isle of keldanos mm-hmm. and we were getting into it and i was leveling up a paladin who was going to be our healer and my uh, computer died in the middle of a dungeon oh, no. <laughs> the Oof. story i always tell is that i was healing it was um i think it was it was, I think the Slave Pens was the dungeon I was healing in Coilfang Reservoir. And in the middle of a pool, my computer just died. And I'm sitting there like going, oh my God, oh my God, my teammates, they're going to hate me. And so I'm rushing to get the computer back on and it comes back on and I load up WoW really quickly and I come back into the game and all of my team is dead. And they're like, what yeah. just happened? <laughs> what did you do? You just let us die. And then at that very moment before I could respond, my computer died again. Oh, no. And the the entire motherboard had fried itself. Damn it, Leroy. And so. Leroy, why? (laughs) You got chicken. (laughs) And so I I wasn't able to play WoW anymore because my computer was dead and I was like a high school freshman. Um, Something like that. So it was not even my computer. It was the family computer. Um. And so I had to stop at that point, and I actually didn't get to play any Wrath of the Lich King, which is really sad for me because I loved the story of Warcraft 3 mm. and Arthas and all of that and the Frozen Throne, and I, I didn't get to experience any of that. Wrath was my so. favorite expansion of Warcraft, like, bar none. Like, that cinematic was amazing, and that's probably the reason I bought a lot of the books that I did. Because, um, like, you know, you play Warcraft 3... 
and you like you play a little bit of Warcraft, and I like I'm the kind of person that likes to know the story behind the things that are going on. So I read a lot of things going into it, but like that trailer is what really set me off. And it's just like I need to know a lot more about this. So I started rereading all the books that I had read and not really paid a whole lot of attention to during playing. But like that trailer was just amazing. And the Arthur's novel, it adds such a nice insight into what Ars was thinking as he walked the whole road to becoming the Lich King, ain't it? Yeah, it's, it's great. So we've, we've talked a little bit about how we got started with the lore and with the game. Uh, Noble, if you, if you wanted to direct someone to get started in understanding the lore, where would you necessarily think they should start? I mean, we all started by playing the games as they were released, but if you're jumping in today and you want to know more about the lore of Warcraft, where would you go? Um, well, there's this little channel on the YouTube called Noble, which uh, has a whole <laughs> lot of lore. Now, but if you if you want to dive into it, and, and maybe you're not quite sure on what you want to go for, uh, I would highly recommend find something that you're interested in in the Warcraft universe. Like for me, it was the Gate, for others it's the Lich King, but for you it might be something else entirely. And, and go to websites like Wowpedia, for example, which are a great source of information, like basic information as to what characters have done, where their stories might be found. Uh, I've always found it easier to connect something and memorize it if you're invested in it, right? If you want to know what's going on, rather than just basic knowledge and be like, okay, where do I begin? Say that you want a more broader uh, overview on the story of Warcraft. They've also released three books called The Warcraft Chronicles, uh, Volume 1, 2, and 3. And they basically go from the very dawn creation of the Warcraft universe, the Big Bang, all the way to the end of the Cataclysm. And they will give you a really nice general overview as to this is what the story of Warcraft as we want it to be right now. Of course, lore, it's fluid. The game is still going on. Um, it, w it will always change if, if Blizzard decides like that part we want to alter, we don't quite like. Uh, but for a general overview, it's fantastic. Warcraft 3, still a great source, even though they have reforged the game. Um, it is still a great source of information to know like this is where the World of Warcraft is built upon. They sell it on the Blizzard website, I believe. Um, so if, if you don't want to do it in reverse like I did, but you actually want to be up to speed at the start, play Warcraft 3, the game, it still holds up to date. It is still one of the best RTSs you can play. And it has fantastic storytelling. I, I replayed through it actually recently. Mm. Not the reforged version, but my classic Warcraft 3 uh, installation that I still have. Smart, <laughs> very I, smart. It's such a such a good game. Um, you mentioned I, we've talked about a lot of things like the Wrathgate and the Cataclysm. Uh, I know Warcraft has a lot of major events that have sort of changed the landscape of the world, like literally. Mm -hmm. um, I know with the the Cataclysm oh, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a huge event. So, like, what are if if you're like interested in in lore, what are some of like those major events that you think are really interesting? And could you, like, tell us more about them? Do you want to talk a little bit about the Wrathgate and what happened there? Ooh, what are, like, the major events that might pique your interest? Well, the Wrathgate, um, yeah. this was, like, a moment in which the Alliance and Horde, they rallied together and they charged, surprise, surprise, the Wrathgate in order to take the battle to the Lich King. However, unknown to all, unknown to all of them was that Sylvanas Windrunner, uh, a dark lady of the Forsaken, she had her own plans in mind. And instead of just, you know, the assault, uh, she decided to unleash the plague upon friend and foe, trying to claim vengeance upon Arthas for what he had done to her, what he had done to her in Warcraft 3, right? 
which was just a huge moment. And especially since this was one of the first times that they actually implemented an in-game cutscene, it just drew the attention. And over the years, they have improved a whole lot with the delivery of the story. Like the story itself, you can always, you know, debate. It always comes down to taste. But there's been so many more cutscenes, in-game, real-time cutscenes, voice acting. Um, recently, we've been testing the Shadowlands. And whenever I explain something to the audience, what normally is supposed to happen, right? I explain it and then we continue the story. But no, no, no. This time the game itself explains it. And I'm like, thanks, Blizzard. I didn't want a career <laughs> anyways, you know? But it's really, really good. Like the game should portray the story. Like there's always back background information but the game should tell you then to your question like what other catastrophic moments it entirely depends on what you're down for um do you want to see the service of the world transformed then the cataclysm intro or perhaps you uh, are a big fan of illidan then there would be the legion expansion where all of a sudden we're taking the battle to the legion or sargeras literally stabbing his throbbing sword inside of the plan of azeroth and we need to help her there are so many cool mo moments um very much depends on taste yeah i i find that it's um it's a little weird to me because magic the gathering has god we're coming up on 30 years of history pretty soon mm -hmm. uh, the game was originally released in 1993 and all of the story though is told through uh, the card sets that are released and novels um and then occasionally we've had a couple of other uh, they've gotten into telling story through some cinematics recently, which has been really fun. Sick. Um, but they don't really dive very deeply into the lore in those cinematics. And so the story comes out kind of slowly in Magic the Gathering. Um, in Warcraft, I've noticed like there's so much that comes out. Huh. Every game release doesn't just come with a cinematic or two. They can be full-length films worth of cinematics now. Oh yeah, I've sat down... Many times when I just wanted to watch something and I'll bring up a YouTube video and watch all of the cinematics of Warlords of Draenor from beginning to end. And that'll just be what I watch for the night because I'm like wanting to, you know, have something on while I level up a new character in Warcraft. Um, so I'll put that on. and It's like a whole film worth of lore. And that's not even that's just barely scraping the surface yeah. because there's also all the quest text. There's all of the individual uh, storylines between the Alliance and the Horde, which if you're completely unfamiliar with Warcraft, those are the two big factions uh, that are in the game, or the Alliance and the Horde. And so each of them have their own stories, and every character has its own story. Um, how do you parse all of that when there is so much to dig through and read through? Do you have like a method that you follow? Because I know that you do some of the best content out there when you want to talk about deep dives. I mean, your store, your videos on the Lich King, I think, is like three hours long <laughs> yeah. on the oh, history great. of the Lich King. Yeah. Um, which I have watched all of it um, in one sitting before. I'm not ashamed to say that. Um, and it's it's just a lot of information to parse through. Mm. Um, it's uh, like those videos. And, you, and also keep in mind that they are released on a weekly schedule. Uh, my videos are usually 15 to 30 minutes. So it's not like three and a half hours. If you're listening like he does three and a half hours in one go. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but that video was a ton of fun to work through. And there's different kind of methods. Like when it comes to the overarching story of the Warcraft universe. And this is talking about before the Chronicles. For some reason, my brain just remembers stuff that happens. The global lines of you. I can tell you from the top of my head the global story behind the Warcraft universe. Um, 
And I, I figured out that there are lines to be drawn in the storytelling where eventually you end up at three major forces, right? Either the old gods back in the day, which were like these, these void evil creatures, the Sargeras and the Burning Legion, which is a good guy gone bad and is trying to purge the world, right? Scour it, fell it. And then the Titans and the Pantheon, still the good guys that brought order to the universe and basically gave the world that we play on a chance at life. If you would draw back any story in the Warcraft universe to its source, that is where you would end up. And it helped greatly to be like, okay, these are the building blocks, right? Now with the Chronicles, um, they've actually added a whole new layer to that because they're kind of running dry on those three pillars, right? We dealt multiple times with the Burning Legion. Uh, old gods have been dealt with. The Titans, we've seen them. So now they've decided... There are these cosmic forces in the Warcraft universe. There is void, there is death, there is life, there is order, there is chaos and arcane and fell and all these different forces. They've made a beautiful chart out of it and they're now going to deep dive into, okay, a healer might have wielded the light, but what is the light? Is there a source behind it? Uh, a shadow priest might deal with the void. Well, there is the old gods, right? The void creatures, but from... Behind, be, before the old gods, there were the Void Lords that actually send them out in the universe. And what are those Void Lords? Um, so they're now expanding the Warcraft universe by deep diving into more of these different sources. So that helps a lot with like, okay, I know the pillars, I know the global story. Next to that, when I'm deep diving into a character, my first question I always ask myself when I tell a story is, what is the point of this character that I want to convey to the viewer? If you stop my video, I want you to, to walk away from it knowing that an Arthas was a good guy that fell to darkness and what is the road that led to him to fall into darkness and that is how i kind of piece together um the path that a character walks right because there's always a start and a finish but the details in between that is where the story comes to life what was he thinking what were those close around him thinking when this was happening why did it happen and that's all together kind of forms a sphere of this is the story of the lich king this is the story of arthas and that is how you build it up yeah it's it's really um it's really impressive work and it's very uh, it's fascinating how much they have put into this world <laughs> that they've created for us to take out from it uh, when um, i uh, a side note when yeah. i started this channel i made like the goal to cover every lore of warcraft and once upon a time i came really close and then decided to add the chronicles to it it's been eight years <laughs> and i'm still not done we're getting there but i'm still not done well, and then they keep adding more, too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I've made my video or I've, I've talked about Jaina Proudmoore. And I've explained the story of Jaina Proudmoore. And then they're like, okay, so this next expansion is going to be focused around Jaina Proudmoore. And now you're like, well, got to add to that video. <laughs> got to go back to the... And they'll, and they'll change some of the foundations, too. And that's the part that I always find really fascinating because um, the Lich King, as we know him, I mean, we keep talking about this major character the lich king has evolved and changed and his role has changed a little bit over the course of time um beginning as who you know we have the lich king in warcraft 3 and we don't get a lot of detail except for the fact we know that he's commanded by the dreadlords and you're like okay and then it turns out well the lich king is actually nerzul well who is nerzul exactly. what is the history of nerzul and then now we're having even more questions because you know at a time, the Helm of Domination was, you know, the center of the Lich King's power created by the Dreadlords. Well, is it still created by the Dreadlords? We're going to learn more about that in the upcoming expansion. And so it's like 
even when you think you're done, I don't think you're going to be done anytime <laughs> soon. There's going to be a day uh, where I'll just do the updated videos, but it's it's been one hell of a journey and it's so much fun to deep dive into it and just geek out with other people, right? And and make them as excited about the lore as I am. And I'm, I'm well aware that for certain gamers out there, it will never be a thing and that's fine. But for me and for others, knowing the story behind something, knowing why something happens knowing why you fight a boss or why this character shows up it had just another layer of experience and depth to your gaming experience and i love the fact that like the characters playthrough of the game of world of warcraft is directly it makes you feel a part of the storyline because you're actively progressing everything and, and you see the impacts of what you're doing go forth in the in the future games as they progress and it's really interesting that they they tie that in so well in the in game to the story that they're trying to tell oh totally and uh you mentioned that magic has quite a history behind it i believe that the warcraft rpgs if we like go all the way back to where they started uh, i think we're talking about 20 years ago and that is a world that they've been built upon and sometimes when you look at the storyline you could just imagine a group of friends sitting around a table and they're like Jaina Proudmoore goes into the city and, and kills the leader and you could still see that there are certain RPG elements that they discuss as if it's a D&D campaign or as an RTS like here are your forces go maneuver them in the right way in order to secure victory and it's just really cool to see that an MMORPG a world where we play our roles where we are the heroes in essence what we've become recently um that there are still those campaigns and and stories behind i love it yeah it's one thing that we always say about magic is that it's a it's more of a system and you kind of can take out from it what you want and play the game how you want to play it and that's one thing i also really appreciate even about uh, world of warcraft just the game world of warcraft you can do so many different things in it and get different levels of enjoyment out of it and engage with it in different ways mm. Um, I'm a big fan of the lore and the story, and I'm the person who will play through a new, when an expansion comes out, I go in and I read every piece of text that pops up. I do every side mission. I watch every cinematic. Sometimes I'll go watch them a second time, just, you know, <laughs> experience it again. Um, and I want to like feel immersed into that expansion. And then I know people who are like, oh yeah, no, I never watched that. Like I, I, I do rating as well. And there are people in my guild who are like, oh yeah, that's what happens when we start the raid? I wasn't aware. I'm like, yeah, there's an entire cinematic that explains what we're doing. Oh, but you can mm. engage with it in your own way and play the game the way you want to. Yep, 100%. Um, are, you, are you more, how would you say that your, uh, your play style is with Warcraft? Are you a Ooh. play your, do your daily quests every day and do raiding with friends? Are you more of a, you know, check in and play new stuff? as it comes out type person um, my playstyle is kind of my motivation for playing the game has kind of evolved over the years if i gotta be honest like in the beginning it was all shiny and new and then um you you play the game a whole lot and you meet people and all of a sudden you're talking till like five in the morning with one another and it become more about the social side the people that you play with uh then it was about challenging myself can i solo something can i do something so more about the gameplay behind it and then at some point it became the story behind it and figuring out where the next chapter is going to go. Now, recently in Battle for Azeroth, I actually picked up raiding again. So quite recently, it's become 
especially about the story like i'm never letting go of the story let's be fair i want to know where it's gonna go and i love to see how it's still going but there's also been the element of okay what is it like to currently play in the game what kind of systems do you need to keep up with uh what kind of knowledge do you need to know what kind of things do you need to do and even face these big bosses to even see the next chapter of the storyline and that's been quite the experience i have to admit it's been uh it's been fun a massive time investment but definitely fun to do and at some point i also feel done right if i've done the raid i don't need to be a mythic raider which is like the highest tier raider you can be i'm fine with just being heroic and getting ahead of the curve and once that is done i'm like cool I i've defeated the bosses i'm not much of a grinder in that way i don't need to get the perfect gear um, and i'm fine taking a break in between as well because you know variety is the spice of life and all that yeah, I, I play currently as well. I know, Brian, you haven't played the game in a while, but I also um, I have a very similar approach to it. We The guild that I play in, it's really only about 14 people who are ever active in any one raid night. Mm. So we're kind of limited in our ability of what we can do. Um, and we play our favorite characters, so we don't actually try and play for you know the perfect composition or anything of that sort. Um, we've definitely had some choices made. I mean... I'll tell you our main tank is a feral or is a guardian druid, if that makes you understand. <laughs> if anyone who's listening knows what I mean when I say we play our favorite characters and not necessarily the top meta tier. Mm. Um and so we just did uh we just finished the heroic version of the last raid that came out. And now that we're done with that, we've all kind of accepted, you know, let's go run some old content together on raid nights now. Instead of going and doing this trying to progress further into mythic versions. We're just going to go and do old content and we're going to spend our time hanging out and doing achievements and things rather than trying to push ourselves more. It's a much more casual approach to the game. Yeah, it's quite enjoyable in my opinion. Like it's it, it entirely depends on your playstyle. If you've got 20 people willing to go hardcore for that end goal, there is fun to be found in there as well. I personally found it very exhausting to go for those high level kills because you're constantly hitting the same wall and you're trying to get people to go like, please play better. Well, meanwhile, in the back of your mind, you're like, I don't care. You know, we, we've done the things. Let's have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when I was playing, I was I'm the kind of player that if I can't do something as hard as I can, then I'm kind of off it. Um, so when I was playing, I was super dedicated to raiding, so I kind of burned myself out because for the yep. the entire time that I was max level, starting with uh, was it classic and burning or molten core and all through Burning Crusade, we were super, I was super about being in a 40-man raid or 25-man raids, trying to get, you know, trying to get in on into the, the guilds that were trying to do the super serious raiding schedules. But as I've gotten older and I graduated from college and got my first job, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. So it was just, I kind of lost my enjoyment for doing it. Cause like, I got used to being in the in-game content and like, if I can't, I couldn't dedicate the amount of time to do that anymore. So now that I can't do that, I'm just like, it, I kind of lost my enjoyment for the game, for the uh, the smaller aspect of the game. So, Yeah, you can tell that they have made some adjustments for that because they too realize that the younger generation growing up with WoW, they're all getting jobs, they're all getting families. So they now have systems where there's different difficulties. But if you're really hell-bent on I need to be top tier highest level, then yeah, that that's time dedication, not just for raid nights, but all the systems around it is incredible. Yeah, and to um, sort of go off of that and bring us back to discussing lore mm. a little bit more, um, I stopped playing uh, when my computer died in Burning Crusade um, and couldn't pick it back up again until I was an adult living on my own and, you know, handling my own business. And I was like, 
I've got some extra time and I hear that they're going to address the story of the orcs more. And I was really interested in that. So I actually joined back up for Warlords of Draenor, Oof. which was so incredibly different of an experience from playing in the Burning Crusade. Mm. Because from the moment you start Warlords of Draenor, it's like, it's so story focused. And playing through the game stopped feeling like doing little quests and missions and these little side things that you would expect from an MMO and felt almost like a console experience where I started out and it's like, hey, there's a cinematic to set you off and you're going to go here to this place and we're going to go and do this thing that's going to have another cinematic. And then you're going to do this quest that feels very like it just feels impactful and the things you do change the world around you. And so I played through all of Warlords of Draenor by myself. Mm -hmm. Like I played the whole campaign i didn't do any raiding at all actually in <laughs> warlords of draenor all i did was play through the quest lines and all the different zones and everything um that approach has definitely changed my experience of warcraft did you play through that change and how that sort of developed over time uh yeah i, I did play through it and uh we kind of touched upon it that they've made it easier for people to actually experience end game content for example the rating that we were just talking about uh in in expansions like classic burning crusade Wrath of the lich king rating was something um that you had to spend a, quite a bit of time quite a bit of dedication or to do and then they came up with a system called looking for rating which is basically just drop a whole bunch of random people in the same raid uh they get to run through it the bosses don't really hurt but they get to experience the storyline right and that way the story that was locked previously in raiding which was not accessible to everybody they were like you know what if you want to experience it go for it this is what you can do and then over time those these different systems have helped a lot in Warlords of Draenor like I was going oof like, oh boy you got back in Warlords uh Warlords of Draenor is not regarded as the best expansion for most um just because, you know, there was a whole lot of cutout content and there wasn't a whole lot to do uh, besides raiding. Um, but the storytelling in Wars of the Renor, especially at the start, was fantastic. It started off so strongly and despite not even properly explaining how the expansion began <laughs> that that kind of <laughs> took place in a book and only later yeah. in the game i i i still remember where the big boss of blizzard chris Metzen, on stage at blizzcon people asked him like how does this expansion begin and he's like wibbly wobbly timey wimey don't worry about it we're just we just want to bring back these orcs you know can we just go with it um so that was already a yeah, good indication i had to google that. It, it was a really good indication as to okay this is how the story is gonna go huh um, but then we got there and we got to hang out with these epic orcs of old, Warcraft 1, Warcraft 2. We got to relive it in the world of Warcraft setting and it was badass at the start. And then you notice like, oh, the, the threat is kind of being pulled. Some stories that you had planned are not really being progressed, uh, which was, in my humble opinion, a big shame because they... They really delivered, especially on the outside source as well. You mentioned watching the cinematics of Warlords, but there was more. There was also the Lords of War, where um, mm -hmm. if you've never seen this, by the way, and you like the Warcraft universe, go check out things like the Burns of Xiaohao or Lords of War or a Thousand Year War. They have invested in adding little cutscenes, little movies, little backstories to bolster the world that you're playing, the expansion that you're playing in, which is just massive to see. Um, so yeah, I have definitely played through how that all kind of swapped around and changed. And as I mentioned earlier, the way that they're presenting the story these days is, is brilliant. Yeah, I, 
I loved Warlords of Draenor, but I also played incredibly casually, yeah. like once a week, maybe log on and do some quests. And um, I really enjoyed the the storyline a lot in Warlords of Draenor. But I also, I mean, I, I wasn't doing a lot of int game content. So by the time I, you know, I was just logging in and playing a little bit. Because there was none. Um, I, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've heard. Um, I do think that there was sort of that, that failure there of not explaining the background of the situation but i also had the benefit of having not played for so long that i was like i don't know what's happening <laughs> but i don't know what's happening because i haven't touched the game in you know five or six years yeah basically so of course i don't know what's happening basically what happened um, was but i guess the they, they wanted to kick off mm -hmm. the expansion and there was an orc named garage who had to escape and make that expansion happen now only once the expansion was on its way, which was max level, and you got a certain quest line, only then did you get a glimpse of what happened. But before that, if you didn't read the book War Crimes, you had no clue what was going on. Yeah, well, I was able to just to Google it and find out who are these people. <laughs> I had no idea who Garrosh was oh. because I had, I was reminded of Garrosh as I was sort of looking into it. I was like, Garrosh, who's that? Oh, it's the son of Grom, and I'm like. Oh, I remember that quest line from Burning Crusade. Mm -hmm. That was a long time ago. And then I had to look all into it and go, oh, he's a bad guy. Okay. <laughs> um, that's that's one fun thing I think about Warcraft a lot is that the there is so much lore and that it's they do a very good job, I think, personally, of connecting things back a little bit, even if they have to sort of change some of those details. Um, so for example, like with Legion and getting to meet Illidan again mm -hmm. after him not having been involved in the story since Burning Crusade. But they also were like, hey, we're going to not just meet, you know, introduce you to Illidan again. We're going to give you all of these quests and these adventures you can do to learn about Illidan's history and his past and who he was. Oh, and by the way, we're also going to explore all of these things that we talked about before and you've sort of experienced a little bit. And we're actually going to do a quest line where you're going to go back and experience that first war with the Legion when they first arrived on Azeroth. Um, and you're going to play as this Tauren hero and you're going to experience that moment. And the other cool thing about that is like no one is begging for that experience, but they're giving it to us anyways. You well, know, you mentioned nobody is nobody is begging for it, mm -hmm. but you can definitely tell that Blizzard has picked up that there is a huge audience that actually really likes the story behind it. Um, so it's kind of symbiotic. Like they notice that there is a hungering for it, so therefore they're deep diving into it as well, uh, which is cool to see. And uh, as you mentioned, they are trying to uh, pull those strings of the past to make it line up with what they want to tell right now. A bit of hit and miss here and there. Like, uh, sometimes they kind of miss the mark. And at the same time, it's also risky. Like, there's a character like Illidan, for example. Illidan uh, goes back 10,000 years in the story, but mainly known in Warcraft 3, and then taken care of in the Burning Crusade. Bringing back characters from the dead always runs the risk of messing what you've established. Like, Illidan's story uh, was there, was there more needed towards an Illidan? And in my humble opinion, there was. I feel like they did Illidan dirty back in the Burning Crusade. Uh, it was still very much in the early storytelling of Warcraft, of World of Warcraft, I should say. It was more like, hey, remember these characters from Warcraft 3? 
go have fun. You know, there wasn't a whole lot to it. And now they're trying to add more to it. So Illidan, prime example of how you could do it right. Uh, but then with an eye on what the future might bring, people are wondering, like, are they going to bring back uh, Arvis the Lich King, for example? And some are really excited if they're actually going to see Arvis or not. Me, personally, I think Arvis' story is perfection as it is right now. Um, it's a really, really good story. We've mentioned it now a couple of times during this podcast, which means that, uh, you know, it's just something that sticks in your mind. And for a lot of people, it is the best story in the Warcraft universe. Um, what could it be adding to the story of Arthas in order to bring him back? So there's definitely the risk of doing mess with what we've established. Yeah, and that comes up a little bit in magic lore as well, because when you have a game that's almost 30 years old and the approach to how you tell story in it has changed over the years, you do run into these situations where you're like, well, we had this character who people thought was really interesting and we killed them a decade ago mm -hmm. and they're dead. How can we sort of explore that story some more? Um, in Magic, the, the general rule is dead is dead. If the character has died, really? they're not going to bring them back from the dead. But they've sort of circumvented that a couple of times by going, well, what if we told a story from when they were alive that we just didn't tell before? Oh, that's cool. Um, so we've had that. Yeah, we've had that a little bit with... I won't, it's not necessarily time traveling, but it's like, hey, we're going to tell this story uh, and we're going to just set it in the past. We're going to have it, it, you experience it before things happen. So there was a, um, there was a set called Cons of Tarkir. And Cons of Tarkir was this world where uh, there had used to be dragons and they'd all been killed off. Aww. And there were these warring, you know, groups of people, five different groups, and they all were fighting for dominance and one of the characters in the story, uh, one of the planeswalkers, ended up going back in time and changing an event that made it so the dragons didn't all die off. And the dragons actually took over the plane. And so then we went to another, you know, we went back to the present that was called Dragons of Tarkir. And in that world, the dragons rule everything. The humans are subjugated underneath the dragons. Everyone serves their dragon lords. Um and that's a, like an interesting thing to happen. And that's the story as it is. But people wanted more story about the old tribes and the old groups that used to be there. And so they were like, well, let's actually publish a series of stories that takes place before all of this happens. Mm. And we'll, we'll do sort of like a flashback opportunity and we'll look at that. Um, and so there was this great series of short stories that were told through the you know lens of someone telling about the past. And we got to sort of see oh, that's what it was like there before and things of that sort. So are these flashbacks or and was so that, this like actually properly creating an alternate reality or did they change history and then readjust what you knew? Uh, it was flashbacks. Oh, they, okay. they have made a very strict rule that they will not necessarily change canon. What has been established has been established. Oh, wow. Um, and I know in Warcraft, that's, uh, <laughs> they're a little bit more willing to change canon. Yeah, they <laughs> um, definitely I are. mentioned that earlier. Uh so we, we've talked a little bit, and I, I want to get some talking here about the upcoming expansion mm. in Shadowlands. Um, there's a lot in Shadowlands that is sort of playing on things that have happened a long time ago in the story and things that have happened that we haven't seen in the story. The whole story of Shadowlands revolves around a character, Sylvanas, who was the old Banshee Queen, and the Jailer, who is this new character who we've never heard of until this expansion. Um, but apparently they've had their hands in things for a long time, if I'm understanding the story correctly. Mm -hmm. 
Do you want to talk a little bit about what we're sort of expecting from Shadowlands and how that might sort of interact with past lore that we haven't really explored yet? Okay, um, so I'm going to do this for those who are worried about spoilers. I'm going to do this as superficial as possible, so information that you might find during BlizzCon or during the Shadowlands website. Um, in essence, Shadowlands in general is the afterlife of the Warcraft universe. If you die and you are a mortal, you go to the Shadowlands. There's different rules for magical beings. They might go to their own dimension. For example, demons. If demons die, they go to the Twisting Nether. But as mortals... We go to the Shadowlands and we get the party there. This is a domain. It has been mentioned several times throughout the years, but never as fully explored as it's going to happen in this expansion. The motivation as to how this all kicks off, it is indeed very much related to Sylvanas Windrunner, the Banshee Queen. Sylvanas in Warcraft 3 was slain by Arvis, and instead of granting her the peace of death, that beautiful afterlife that was beckoning her to come, he decided to bring her back as a banshee, and she wasn't happy, right? She was under Arf's control, she was like, how dare you? Eventually, she was able to break free. Um, she tried to get her revenge upon Arfus, but that was prevented. And she vowed, like, I'll get you next time, Arfus, next time! Um, she then goes out, and everybody else, who was also resurrected by the Lich King, by Arfus and his forces, they formed a little club, their organization called the Forsaken, and their mission vengeance upon Arvis and the Lich King, we're gonna get it. Because Arvis, by this point in time, he has placed this mighty helmet called the Helm of Domination. He's placed it on his head. He is merged with the Lich King. He is chilling, pun intended, at the top of Ice Crown. And um, we need to get to him. Now, doing it alone is a really hard job. So Sylvanas and the Forsaken, they joined the Hordes. As you mentioned earlier, there are two major factions in Warcraft, which are the Alliance and the Hordes. Time passes on until Wrath of the Lich King, where finally it was time to get our vengeance upon Arthas. So we've slain him. We have taken care of the Lich King. We have done it. We have completed her mission. But we found out that there must always be a Lich King. Because otherwise, like, the Scourge forces would run rampant. Maybe some ulterior motives that they're adding now. But there had to be another Lich King, which is a job that they gave to a character called Bolvar. He was like, don't worry, I've been burned by the flames anyways. I might as well cool and sit here. Give me the helmet, I'll do it. And Sylvanas was like, okay, you know what? You got a new Lich King, it's fine. My job is done. My lovely Forsaken, I'm out. And she decides to end her life by top, uh, jumping off the top of Ice Crown. Now, instead of the beautiful afterlife that she sensed when Arthas killed her, instead she ended up in the domain of eternal torment, hell, or the Ma, as they call it. And here it was where she would spend her eternal damnation. The question as to why she ended up there is still a little bit up for speculation. It could be all the things that she did in order to get vengeance. It could be just that undead go to hell. It could be because of the jailer. We're not entirely sure. What we do know is that she was ready for torment. This was her fate. Except there were the Valkyr. Beautiful angel creatures that can travel between the Shadowlands and the physical world. And they were like, hey Sylvanas, how are you doing? Look, we want to be free of the Lich King, you want to be free of Hell, how about we make a deal, uh, we'll take your place in Hell, and you go party on the surface world. Sound good? Sound good. That is what established was back then, but now they're adding that not only did she make a bargain with the Valkyr, she also got in touch with the Jailer. A mysterious, uber-powerful being, the ruler of the Ma, and she has made deal with him. Alright, time passes on. Sylvanas working from the shadows, resurrecting more Forsaken, doing her Sylvanas thing. Eventually, the Wardship of the Hordes, Garrosh, goes to Alternate Draenor, 
gets replaced by Vol'jin. Vol'jin doesn't do anything and dies. And there comes Sylvanas as the new war chief of the Hordes. Intrigue, whispers from the shadows. Why exactly was Sylvanas made war chief of the Hordes? Details like that are going to be revealed. But all the same, she became leader of the Horde, and Sylvanas was like, you know what? The Garrosh might have been a bad guy, but I'm gonna make him look like an amateur. And a war was started, the fourth war they call it, and in essence, she burned down the home of the Night Elves, the genocide of the Night Elves, they called it. They were screaming, they were burning, they were sent all to the Maw, and during the war, a whole bunch of people killed, Alliance and Horde fighting with each other, rah, 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 and all these souls were sent to the Jailer, were sent to the Maw, which in turn increased Sylvanas' power. Enough so that um, eventually when she was outed, right, when she was shown like this is a bad war chief and she needs to go, um, eventually she makes her way back to the top of Ice Crown and with the Jailer's plans in mind, she rips the helmet off Bolvar's head. So she removes the Lich King as we know it. And then Bolvar is expecting her to place the helmet on her head. Telling her like, if you place that helmet on, it will be your prison. And she's like, no, 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 Bolvar, you're wrong. This world is a prison and I will set us all free. And then she rips the helmet apart. She rips the veil between the physical world and the afterlife. Bim, bam, boom. Our expansion into Shadowlands can begin. Yeah, there's an amazing cinematic to to sort of line that up. They do some fantastic mm, work. It's gorgeous. Uh, on, oh, it's so good. Um, it's this gorgeous, beautiful cinematic. The music, the the physicality, it's just so good. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just I, I can't sum up the the experience of like anticipation for the Shadowlands better than that. It's this culmination of these the storyline that sort of has been going on for a decade. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, and it's sort of going on behind the scenes. And we've seen that a little bit in Magic for the past 30 years. But this has been really impressive to see, in my opinion, from a video game series where it's like we're, we're watching these games and these quests play out. And, you know, I'm thinking back to a quest line in Legion from several years ago where you watch Sylvanas lose a lantern mm. that she bargained for from... Helia, who's one of the, I, I don't know how you would describe her in the cosmology of the underworld. One of the beings um, of the afterlife. Helia is Norse yeah. mythology, uh, like Odin and Helia, uh, but she's definitely related to the afterlife. Yeah, and so like there's this little quest line that you do, and I remember playing it as a horde, as you know, my main character is a forsaken warlock, mm -hmm. um, and I'm I'm that's the character I've been playing since vanilla at least, and I'm watching the scene and I'm like, oh. How dare they stop for, you know, Sylvanas from getting this thing that she needs to keep the Forsaken alive. And I was so upset at Gen Greymane for jumping in there and stopping her and breaking that lantern. And now I'm looking at going, maybe he should have killed her instead. Uh -huh. <laughs> maybe we would have been better <laughs> off. And so like getting that sort of new perspective on it and like seeing that thread that they've been putting in the game for a decade now. Even if maybe they're going back a little bit and tweaking the thread sometimes. Exactly. And you're like, well, yeah, that's that was related um it's just a lot of it, it's fantastic it's going to be uh, it's going to be a challenge to make it all fit because we do have a couple of moments where we can like read into sylvanas's minds and the jailer plot when when they're working on expansions apparently they work two years in advance so they got like the global threats of where they want to take the story two years in advance um and knowing that this storyline could very potentially go all the way back to the creation of the Lich King, which is uh, Warcraft 3 period or even just before that, 
it's going to be kind of insane to make it all fit and work, but I, I can't wait to see if they can actually pull it off. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they, they tie everything together for sure. Um, I I mean, we don't have too much time left in our podcast schedule time here. Uh, I guess if I could ask you sort of any question, what is what is like your favorite minor character or minor storyline that you really enjoy from Warcraft? Ooh, uh, I don't know if I would call him minor, but then again, he hasn't really been explored in the Warcraft universe itself, with with the exception of a minor oh. quest, uh, Broxigar. One of my favorite characters oh. is Broxigar the Orc, and for those unaware, like, what is a Broxigar? Uh, this was an orc that fought with the Hordes, he stood against the Burning Legion, and all of his comrades died, but he didn't, and he felt so guilty about that, that he was actually looking for his honorable death in combat. A little bit of time magic shenanigans and all of a sudden he finds himself 10,000 years in the past fighting in the War of the Ancients and he just, oh, he does so many amazing epic things and for the longest time, like he sacrificed himself in order to give the world a chance at life and for the longest time I thought the Blizzard had forgotten about him but then in Legion on Argus, like that's the planet where we travel to and that is the planet where Broxigar died. Uh, they actually made a little shrine for him where it's like, oh, there's still his boots and and, and other memorabilia for uh, Broxigar, which was a really nice touch. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's amazing because they have such a large team who works on this game that they can find someone who's like, you know what, I'm going to make it my goal to include some sort of reference to a character or some sort of honorable thing that I can put in this game in this tiny, you know, area away from everything they else. have the best job um, over the blizzard entertainment they have official historians <laughs> whose job it is to keep the lore in check and fact check whatever they come up with how cool would that be like you know i check lore for a living yo what up <laughs> yeah it's funny because jay is not here today but jay has worked as a consultant with wizards of the coast who make magic to make sure that they keep their lore in check oh, and sick. their uh, timelines all correct um, so that's kind of what his job is. Uh, he's just on a little smaller of a scale, I think. I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. One of my favorite little uh, caveats or inclusions that they've made in the game is the uh, quest line that they did for the actual person who passed away. And it's in uh, the Wrath of the Lich King expansion, I believe. Oh, and you yeah. go on this quest... Do you, do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, there's a, there's a yes. uh, memorial in Ralph the Lich King for, I believe, they died to cancer. And then you need to find a way to mm -hmm. like try and save them. And you talk to all these beautiful characters. And then, yeah, it's such a nice... I actually thought you were talking about the one in Thunderbluff, where they added the... Um, ooh, the Tarn for the child for Make-A-Wish. No, I was, I was thinking of the one from Wrath of the Lich King for the person who he did pass away from cancer. And you go through this quest line for the listeners who aren't maybe familiar with it, where you talk to all of these major world leaders in Warcraft and you sort of talk to them about death and illness. And they sort of talk you through this experience of have trying your hardest to help someone and then having to come to terms with, a, you know, sort of senseless, unavoidable death. Um, and it's this, really powerful quest line mm -hmm. and it's sort of just not part of the main story it's not you don't have to do it but you can go do it and you can go experience it and that's one thing that i think is what makes warcraft a really powerful game for storytelling is that they do add these things in there that are optional and you can choose to experience them but it's clear that everyone who worked on them really cared about it they really wanted to make sure that your experience was 
fantastic. Absolutely. And you can tell that they have a passion for the game. Like uh, we, we've been playing this game for uh, quite a few years. And of course, we are very critical of it. And that critical aspect comes yeah. from the passion that we have for the game. But that passion is also shared by developers that work at Blizzard. I've been lucky enough to actually talk to a couple of them. And you can just tell that the ooze geekiness and they're like, this is the this is the universe that we love, especially the cinematic department and the story department. All of them over there, they're like, yeah, we want to bring out the best out of the game as we can. And I so very much hope that Shadowlands is going to absolutely rock it for them. Yeah. Um, any uh, anything else you want to add, Brian? Any questions for our special guest here? Um, no, no real questions. I, I just just this conversation had me install reinstalling world the like updating the wizard launch or the Blizzard launcher and like reinstalling World of Warcraft. So I might give this this new expansion a shot just to, oh, just baby. to try it at least. Cause like oh Shadowlands is gonna be so yeah great. just just your description of sh the Shadowlands storyline makes me really interested to see what they're gonna do here because like it's it sounds really intriguing to me so it's well I will say that if you if you're interested in some of the upcoming storylines there's this great YouTube channel um, <laughs> called Noble eighty seven and you can go there and learn a lot about the the background um, I know that you released a video I think about a week ago about the cosmology of the afterlife and world of warcraft and sort mm -hmm. of the the gods of death that exist in that world and i was i loved that video i was like this is awesome because a lot of this stuff is sort of spread out and in little pieces in the lore all over the place and so now it's like all right here's someone who's bringing it all together for me that is pretty much my job yeah there's um like, like as we mentioned before the warcraft lore is usually spread over different kind of mediums there are comics short stories there are books and, and videos and the game itself and i i love bringing that together and bring out the highlights and make it just available and hopefully digestible for everybody and if you are truly interested in the story of the shadowlands but maybe you know you don't want to spoil yourself too much i do title them very specifically like if there's shadowlands in the title there's going to be spoilers and if there's not then it's more about the olden lore Absolutely. I, I watch everything uh, unless it's specifically going to show me like the actual quest text. Oh, right. So not the full um, playthroughs. Right? Those are the things that I want to avoid. Yeah. I don't watch the full playthroughs, but I'll watch anything that tells me like, you know, here's a background of Revendreth or the Vinthyr. And I'm like, all right, Revendreth. I want to know about them, but I don't want to. I want to experience the game as I play it by myself for the first time. But I want to know who they are. I want to know what's going on there. Good. Um, Revendreft is that's so nice, by the way. Revendreft is just oh, such a good standard for the questing experience as it should be. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful too. Gosh, they really they've knocked the the art out of the park here. Um, I really want them to go back and revisit some of my favorite locations. Which I'm a big Outland fan. I love Outland. I want them to go back and just redo all of the the visual art uh, and art pieces there and make it look a little bit more. Um, 2020 yeah. rather than 2010 <laughs> burning crusade is in such a massive need of an overhaul like the blood elves are still stuck in like what 10 years ago please blizzard help them out uh -huh. let's set them free you can't even fly in silver moon <laughs> <Yep. laughs> i'm just like what um so yeah hopefully we'll they'll go back and revisit some of that um but thank you so much for coming on and talking warcraft lore with us i'm if anyone wants to reach out to me from our listener base and talk about Warcraft, I'm always happy to go into deep dives on lore with people. Um, if you have any questions for Noble, how would they? What's a good way to reach you? Um, for questions, I would highly recommend either Twitter 
or um, just come and pop in during my, one of my streams. I stream because I can interact with chat. And um, usually it allows me to just, you know, pop in a question and, and deep dive into it. If I don't catch it, you know, I don't take it personal. I also have a Discord channel where there's not just me, but a whole bunch of lovely people that love discussing Warcraft lore, uh, theories, what's coming up, spoilers and non-spoilers. So a link to my Discord would be great. Um, I have a Facebook page, although messages became so many there that at some point I had to say, like, look, I've been spending like five hours <laughs> replying to everybody. <laughs> Please come follow me on Twitch. Uh, so Facebook is not the best place. Um, so yeah, Twitter, Twitch, and the Discord. Yeah. Normally we do a final thought section for each of our episodes. Um, my final thought for this section, for this episode, is just go watch the cinematic for Shadowlands. <laughs> That's just all I want to tell people to do. It's going to be great. Do I do I need to have a final thought as well? Because in in that case, oh, you don't have. Please go watch. Mm -hmm. Oh, which one would I recommend? No, maybe listen. My final thought is one more week until we get a brand new book. Please go read it because it's quite amazing. Yes, and the uh, the name of that book is Shadows Rising. Yes, and it should be out by the time we post this uh, podcast. Actually, so you should be able to find it online and read it. I know I'm going to be reading it the moment it comes out. As you should. Oh yeah, time traveling. I knew that. I knew that wasn't going to release right away. Uh, looks like I have some books to read. <laughs> Just a few. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of lore to get caught up on. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been the Vorthos Cast Beyond the Multiverse.